Hey Reds fans and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool and the Liverpool machine rolls on. It was another uh, good win for us. It was a, I'd say a very, very grim day. You know, at Selhurst Park, I think the lights were on. It was drizzly. It was like rainy. It was grey. It was just like everything that you would kind of associate with like a bad day at the office. Um, just things, you know, everything just kind of maybe like was set up and conspired to, to not work uh, for Liverpool. Um, against Palace but we rode above that Um, we battled hard Uh, every single player on the pitch and even the subs everyone that came on battled hard throughout that game and uh, you know it showed it showed in the result I think we we deserved to win Um, it was obviously more close it was closer than we would have liked Um, and I think Palace probably will feel a bit hard done by Um, but you know we've always Liverpool and Palace have always had very very good games particularly at Selhurst Park um, I remember earlier this season, actually, the Liverpool Palace game at Anfield was one of the most craziest games and uh, one that we were very close to losing. So Palace and Liverpool is is a really interesting game. Obviously, Roy Hodgson, ex-Liverpool manager, uh, managing Crystal Palace as well. But um, yeah, it was a game where some people before were saying, you know, Crystal Palace is a bogey team. Will we trip up, trip up against them? I was kind of very much like, you know, about a couple of years ago, I would have definitely agreed with that. But the type of team that Liverpool are now, the mentality we have, I just don't go into a game thinking we're going to lose and I think that's how the players are thinking as well and so I think that's something that's incredibly positive um, for the way that we play Um, so the game started off relatively kind of slowly it was kind of like you know as you would expect in like a boxing match right I I watched the highlights of uh, Deontay Wilder Luis Ortiz kind of just feeling each other out Um, we were obviously on the front foot dominating the ball a bit more uh, but that's what you would expect um, of a Liverpool team but yeah we weren't able to throw many punches um, I mean, we didn't challenge uh, Guaita the Crystal Palace goalkeeper at all in the first half actually the goal in the second half was our first shot on target so it just kind of showed the the struggle we were facing and that was partly due to us maybe not being as cutting edge um, as we normally are maybe that's uh, not having Hamas Salah on the pitch but also you know fair play to Crystal Palace they were also getting lots of men behind the ball and making it very hard for us uh, to kind of get through the lines um, and get their chance. And we did have a couple of balls. Something that's become kind of a more uh, more frequent in our play is the centre-backs, be it Matip and Van Dijk or, or Lovren and Van Dijk, being able to clip those balls quite long to, to Sadio Mane or Mohamed Salah making those runs from outside in. Um, so that was good to see. We had a couple of those chances, but they didn't necessarily come off. Um, but yeah, so the first half kind of went by in just ter- in terms of like a sparring sense. Like we were kind of just feeling each other out. We didn't land any huge punches. They didn't land any huge punches. Well, that was until the 43rd minute. And they had a free kick. And we obviously knew going into this game that Crystal Palace are a team that, that like set pieces, are very good at set pieces. And we had to respect that and defend really well. And um, they did score from a free kick kind of uh, just inside from the corner, um, corner box. So uh, they the ball kind of... So it was a good cross in, and I think got a flick on at the near post, I think, and then James Tompkins was at the far post where he just headed it into to an open net, kind of. Um, I'm not sure who was marking him because he seemed relatively open, but um, you know, immediately it didn't look like there was any problem. You know, watching the game, it kind of just seemed like, damn it, we're so close to half time, and we've conceded. This is not necessarily the best time for us to concede because Palace would have been uh, like really kind of jeered on by that in the second half um, to put in a put in a performance but um but yeah so it was overruled by VAR now like being a Liverpool fan I completely when you when you watch it back you see Jordan Ayew's hands on the back of Dejan Lovren and it is a push right like you can you can argue 
how hard it is or whatever or maybe he didn't like he didn't intend it or whatever or maybe it was just jockeying in the box or whatever but at the end of the day it was a push now i think you know rival rival fans and, and stuff like that will be like oh that's really soft you can't tell how hard he pushed but if it happens for your team you know you're always going to say it's a foul and um and i think we were rightly it was rightly chalked off i think in my opinion i think uh, even though dejan lovren wasn't like directly involved it was a foul um, and had that been outside of the box and you as a striker push the centre-back under the ball almost, uh, that's a foul. Um, but I think we get into this whole VAR dis- discussion of like clear and obvious error. I would say on that heart, it probably wasn't a clear and obvious error by the referee, so therefore probably shouldn't have gone to VAR. But had because it did go to VAR, it was a, it was a foul. Um, and so VAR kind of had no choice but to... Um, to disallow the goal and I think that was huge for us I think um, because we hadn't landed any big punches in that first half having that goal uh, disallow for Palace and meaning we went into halftime nil-nil was a kind of a a bit of a boost for us and a bit of a letdown for Palace and I think that really felt in the beginning of the second half like we we started off the the second half kind of almost like we've been given a life and uh, that was really good to see because we, we did open them up. Firstly, from a great ball from Henderson through to Mane, and Mane just trying to go for the near post, but just missing. Um, but then shortly after the ball coming into the box from Robertson, I think it was um, Firmino kind of missing the ball, Mane this time not handling it, just controlling it on his thigh, and then being able to kind of almost just fling his left foot at it. And the ball cannoning off one post, kind of spinning, because the keeper got a touch on it, spinning across the line, and then just settling in the corner with, uh, I think, uh, Van Aanholt trying to trying to clear it, but the ball had already gone past the line at that point. But uh, yeah, I think that the end of the first half played a big part of the beginning of the second half. I think um, Palace will feel hard done by by that goal, um, particularly after the the incident with their goal. But um, it was it was no more or less than than we deserved. I think we were the more dominant team, and I think we just had to find that breakthrough in the games where like this one where we aren't necessarily playing our free-flowing best um these are the games where we need those kind of scrappy goals maybe that aren't so beautiful but you know everything that crosses the line is a goal regardless of how how far or how well it how well the the previous play was and so that was really good for us and I think after we scored we settled down a bit um We've had this, you know, in, in in a number of away games this this season. You know, the Sheffield United one comes to mind, uh, where we kind of just toiled away and struggled, but we did find a way to win. Um, but we didn't we didn't necessarily create the number of chances um, that we normally do, or actually finish them. So that was uh, obviously a great start to the second half. And as I said, we did we did start to impose ourselves. Um, a little more in the second half, but, but Palace were also still very much in the game. You know, when you're one nil up, the other team is, is is still very much in the game, and, and they were, you know, they were um, causing some problems too, as Palace do. Obviously, Zaha and Townsend, the the chief orchestrators of that, they were both actually really, really good. So fair play to to, to Palace, Zaha, and I think particularly Townsend was really good. But um, they did end up actually getting the uh, the equaliser, and it was kind of some good play by Zaha on the left, and I think a mixture of Trent and uh, Hendo just weren't able to take him down. I think one of those things with, with Zaha is one of those players where, you, like, the whole tactical foul situation, I think, is totally apt for a player like Zaha. I think you just you either take the yellow card or you take him out, because when he does get ahead of steam and he gets running, he does cause some serious problems. Uh, for any team he plays against, you know, whether it's a, the team top of the league like us or, or any other team. And so um, we paid we paid the ultimate price for that, right? He managed to, there was a bit of luck in terms of how the ball kind of ricocheted in the 
into the box, um, but it found it found its way to him. You kind of let the ball run across him, and actually very very expertly placed the ball past Allison. So he did. Um, so I, you know, I'm not going to lie. When that went in, I, when I was watching it, I was like, "Is it going to be one of those days? Is it going to be one of those days where?" We were good, but just weren't. We were okay, but we weren't good enough. We weren't able to to close out the game uh, as and when we needed. Um, but it didn't fall to be that way. And uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago, I think the old Liverpool would have folded under that pressure of going one all and just being very dejected and demoralised and and possibly you know it looking more likely that Crystal Palace would score a second than than we would. But this is a new Liverpool. This is a different Liverpool. This is the Liverpool that Klopp has been working on and developing over the past you know three three years um and that whole mentality thing that that has been spoken about a lot in the press about Liverpool completely showed where we picked up a corner Trent getting the ball into the box Van Dijk completely unopposed not sure what the Palace defending was um but it came low at his feet and he expertly kind of just opened up his right foot and was trying to sneak it into the corner but there was a couple of Palace players on the line and although that stopped the Van Dijk goal, I think almost having too many players there confused it for Palace. And they they failed to clear the ball. And um, Roberto Firmino in the six-yard box, the, the poacher he is, just smashing the ball uh, with his left foot. I actually think the keeper, the Crystal Palace keeper, actually got a hand on it. Um, but, uh, you know, it just it was too close and was t- with too much power. Um, so, yeah, so it made so that made it 2-1. And and, uh, and then I kind of, you know, let a sigh of relief. Um We've done it so many times already this season, and I'm sure we will have to do it many more times this season. But we'd scored a yet another late goal um, that could give us the three points. But we were, we were we didn't have it all our way. We were given a scare towards the end. Andros Townsend clipping a ball um, over to Zaha, and uh, yeah, Zaha uh, just blazing over when he should have just kept his knee over the ball and, and tried to get it on target. And I think he would have caused us uh, many more problems had he done that. But um, but yeah, another another late win. Um, exactly what we needed. We needed three points. Obviously, we we couldn't rely on Chelsea, you know, taking points off Man City, and they didn't. Um, and so to, to keep that gap, both to City and Leicester, actually, you know, we shouldn't forget about Leicester. Leicester actually closer to us than City. So um, uh, it was very important with with Leicester having won uh, or Leicester winning also um, uh, at home against Brighton that we that we also picked up the three points, and that was really really big for us. And there was a couple of players. In particular, in this game, that really stuck at, like stood out to me, um, and for me, there's both the centre backs. So Van Dijk, nothing really needs to be said. Van Dijk is just is so supremely confident, and it, we just never look like we're in trouble when he's when he's there. Um, the other centre back, Lovren, we've in, in past seasons, me and you know the media and Liverpool fans have sometimes been critical of of Lovren and, and the mistakes he's made. But I think it's only right it's only right that when he's playing well and he's actually. He, defending really really well that we also you know praise him for that and I think in this Crystal Palace game we saw um, he was you know very composed he was playing throughout the back he didn't really look nervous on the ball Um, and I actually think you know it's one of those things where you look at the players and the defenders that have played alongside Van Dijk and they all just look better when they play alongside him you know Matip looks like a you know different player when he plays alongside Van Dijk and same with Lovren um, it very much reminds me of kind of like the old United teams where you had kind of like the whole Ferdinand Vidic thing and if, if one of them wasn't playing the other the other centre-back that came in and that's what that's what made players like John O'Shea Wes Brown like you probably weren't that good actually seem very good because they would they, they they just their game was elevated when they were playing next to a centre-back of that quality um, so yeah I think those two are really good and I think Oxlade-Chamberlain as well like Ox- obviously Oxlade-Chamberlain was playing in that kind of the front three roles with Mohamed Salah not playing um, you can tell 
you can tell that's not his natural position and he doesn't necessarily feel at home and he doesn't have the the same impact however what he does bring what he has brought to the team in the last couple of weeks and what he will continue to bring to the team over the next cup over the next weeks and months is like he's so dynamic he's, he's always looking to go forward always looking to get a strike away and i think that that's a like a real asset um for us and it just gives us like a, a different edge that we don't normally have with our midfielders um so yeah he's developing and coming on really well this season and i'm super excited to see uh, how he progresses but um, as we always do, guys, we, at the end of this episode, we always end with a shout out to Klopp. Um, and the shout out, the shout out this this week is so Mohamed Salah wasn't playing. I think I think Klopp came out and said that he hadn't trained for like nine days and, and only started training in the last couple of days. And um, I, I think when the front three don't play, I think we become a little bit predictable and we find it a little more difficult. And, and so I think then we need to give uh, the midfielders kind of more license to get forward. So we've seen what Gini Wijnaldum can do. Um, for the Netherlands scoring a hat-trick in, in, I think, Estonia, I think it was. Um, and, you know, even Jordan Henderson scoring a few goals this season. So I think I would like to, when the front three aren't all playing, I'd like the midfielders to have a bit more license to to, to go beyond the strikers because um, I think that would just give us an additional uh, threat and something different, particularly when all front three are there. Because when all front three are there, you know, they can handle most of that load and the midfielders can support. But when one or two of them aren't there, we often do struggle in terms of a creative sense. So, yeah, that's kind of just the only advice um, or my shout out to Klopp. So I don't know whether he will, he would ever hear any of these shout outs to him, but uh, hopefully he does. And But anyway, so that, guys, was the review of the Crystal Palace game. We've got Champions League game in the week against Napoli, which is huge. Obviously, last year, that was a huge home game for us, which we, which we won 1-0. Um, and then we've got Brighton uh, next week in the Premier League. So uh, make sure you guys tune in for that Brighton game. Um, hopefully the Champions League game goes well as well uh, and we can wrap up our qualification in the group. But thank you guys for watching and I'll catch you on the next episode.